0: There is a, um, uh, a muscle that flexes underneath your eyes when it's a real smile. And if that muscle isn't there, it's a fake smile. It's a smile for the camera. So if somebody's smiling and they're telling you they enjoy what you're saying and they agree with what you're saying and it's a fake smile, you just need to know it.
1: Welcome to Improv is No Joke Podcast, where it is all about becoming a more effective communicator by embracing the principles of improvisation. Your host is Peter Margaritas, the man whose name is pronounced like a cocktail but spelled like an inflammation. Peter is the self proclaimed chief edutainment officer of his business, the Accidental Accountant. Peter's goal is to provide you with thought provoking interviews with business leaders. So you can become an effective improviser, which will lead to building stronger relationships with clients, customers, colleagues, and even your family. So let's start the show. Welcome to episode 77. And today my guest is Colin Blaylock, who's a shareholder with the accounting firm of Jones and Cobb since 1986, located in Atlanta, Georgia. Colin's practice concentration is in tax controversy, entrepreneurial businesses, and individuals. His prior experience includes working with the Examination Division of the IRS. Colin's a member of the AICPA, the Georgia Society of Certified Public Accountants, and the Atlanta Alumni of Revenue Agents. Colin is a past president of the Georgia Society of CPAs and the past chair of the Gulf Coast Tax-Exempt Governmental Entities IRS Advisory Council. He currently serves as a trustee of the Georgia Federal Tax Conference. He is very active in his community, serving on the board of directors of the Fowler YMCA and the Finance Committee at his church. Colin has developed a unique but effective talent of understanding the nonverbal messages that people are saying. That's right, he has developed the ability at reading body language and has delivered a number of conference presentations on this topic. That is the topic of our discussion, and let's get to the interview. Colin, first, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to spend some time with me talking about this talent that you have developed over time, uh, as in reading people's body language. So first and foremost, thank you for for being my guest today.
0: My pleasure. It's fun, and it's something that I think... uh, accountants especially, but all professionals need to know uh, what's going on with their body language and what they're telling people without saying a word.
1: Yes, that those nonverbal clues say a lot. I remember when, when I've known you for, I don't know, about what, seven, eight, could be ten years, something like that. And I remember when I first met you, you were telling me about this talent that you were developing and you spoke at conferences and stuff. And I remember watching the TV show that was only on for a couple of years called Lie to Me. And I started becoming fascinated by what you had developed, and and then watching the show was, which was, one of the writers or or the the person they counseled was an FBI individual who was an expert in body language and came up with these micro movements that really hint on what a person is actually saying versus the words coming out of their mouth. That that's
0: right. It, the program was based on a book by Paul Ekman it was lied to me. Paul Ekman's book was telling lies and it's probably the hardest book I've ever tried to read, but just about every book that's written on body language references him and his research and what he was doing. One of the things that people ask me is how did you get started in this?
1: Yeah, that was going to yeah. be one of my questions.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let's, let's go there first okay. and get into the body language part of it. It's about, Almost 14 years ago now, my wife was a school teacher, and she was given a gift certificate. And uh, I was waiting on her to spend her gift certificate money, and I was up at the front of the bookstore looking at the bargain-sell books. And I really didn't want to get a novel. I wanted something that I could just read, pick up, put down. And there was a book there. It was called The Secret Language of Success. Getting What You Want by David Lewis. And I opened it up, and I read a paragraph or two, and I said, that's, that's interesting. And I thumbed through the book a little bit more and thought, you know, this is, it's different. And I decided to buy it. And I bought it for $4.98. And I went home and started reading it. And I went in the next day, and within about two minutes, I said, I saw that. That's in the book. And so I would limit myself to 20 pages a night, and I'd go home and read 20 pages of this book and come back in and see what I could see in my office. I did not tell anybody in my firm that I was reading this book. And about a little over halfway through the book, I met a a potential new client, and within about 30 seconds, I knew it was going to be a good meeting. And I was able to put him at ease, and I picked up that client. Two weeks later, I met with another client that was a—the uh, first client was a male client, very reserved. The second client was a uh, very successful female client, and I approached them differently based on this body language book that I was reading. Well, I have now uh, read, I think, 19 books on body language. Wow. Wow. And just about every book has something different in it. I'll, I'll give you a couple of them that I'll say them now, maybe we'll say them at the end, and make sure people get an opportunity. The Secret Language of Success by David Lewis, you can still find on Amazon. It will cost you more to have it shipped to you than the book cost. I think it was a twenty-seven the last time I looked at it. Um hmm. But it's still a good book, and accountants love that book because there's thirty-one rules, and accountants love rules. And if you go through those thirty-one rules, you'll be on your way to understanding body language. There's another very good book called The Definitive Book of Body Language by Alan and Barbara Pease, P E A S E. And it comes up through sometime in two thousand seven. And it talks about people and what happens? Uh, it has President Clinton in there. It has a lot of the information that was in that TV program you we were talking about. I love that program, by the way. Uh, the Light of Me program was excellent. If you are in a leadership position and if you are dealing with committees, there's an excellent book called The Silent Language of Leaders. Why some people lead and nobody follows, and it's by Carol. Kinsey, Goyman, G-O-M-A-N. And it's just an excellent book. But those are three, four. There's one if you're single called Let Me See Your Body Talk. It's a, <laughs> it's a fun book, but I'm not going to get into that one at all today.
1: <clears throat> I've read a couple of books on body language. And I think one was What Every Body Is Saying. Yes. By Joe Navarro. Yes, I think that's one of them that I've read. and I love them. But I, I too, I, when, when I pick up these books and I start reading them, I get, I get fascinated. And then it, it's something that you can immediately apply that same day in, in assessing a person when they're approaching you, which I find, you know, extremely fascinating. I think the hard part is is developing that habit of constantly keeping that in the forefront of your mind.
0: Well, when you realize that people pay attention to 7% of what you say, 38% of how you say it, the tone of your voice, and 55% is silent body language. It's what you're giving them, that you're reading, that you don't, quite honestly, most people don't even know they're reading it. On the 38% on the tone, you can say, thanks a lot, or thanks a lot. Same words. But just the tone of voice changes it. But when you add that to the body language, is the body language that the person is presenting is in agreement with what's being said, how they're saying it. I tell people quite a bit, when was the last time you've talked to somebody? And they say the right thing and they smile. And you walk off and say, I don't know what it is. I just don't like that individual. <laughs> That's because your body, their body language is not in agreement with what they're saying and how they're saying it. And you just don't feel comfortable. The other thing we need to, to realize is that there's different customs. And the things that are used in the United States may not be used in other places. So on all this, when we're talking about body language, when I'm talking about body language, I'm talking about... Dealing with people in the u s with with u s customs uh and there there's some examples that we'll hopefully get to uh, on the difference between u s and uh, other areas uh, I think will Rogers said it best. he said, "Never miss a good chance to shut up <laughs> and and if you'll just be cognizant of what people are doing. Uh, they're going to tell you where they are and, and uh, tell you more than you will ever need from their from verbal communication.
1: Exactly. And I, and I think you, you're, um, the gentleman who did this a lot of research in this area, Albert Maberum, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, was basically saying that when people are, when you're delivering any information, they don't realize it, but their first thought or vision is your body language and then everything else comes after that, it's, and but I think a lot of us don't take the time to think about our own body language. I, like I said, I've known you for a while, and we'll go down this path here. Uh, I spoke in Bermuda at the Georgia uh, Society CPA's annual convention, and you were in the audience that day, and I went up to you and I said, why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you critique me and, and give me some feedback after the fact? Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Do you remember what you were thinking? uh not completely i don't know <laughs> well, you're scaring me now <laughs> I, I did i, I do rem i do remember the one thing that you did tell me and and, and i share- i shared this with you told me that i come across very honest and and truth 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 plane the truth yeah. plane yeah and 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 what's that what's the truth plane?
0: yeah and that that, that was one of the things i uh well two things that I, that i do remember. The truth plane is an area around your heart. When people are honest and they are passionate about something, they will be, They will have their hands out in front of their heart and explaining to people and saying, here I am, I'm telling you the truth, here it is. As they get excited and as they show more excitement about a topic, their hands will raise up over their head. Now, if you do that the whole time, you're not going to get people to listen to you. But when you would get to a point that you really wanted people to understand, your hands would go up over your head. When you're sitting there telling them that this is the truth, this is something you need to talk about, your hands were in, in agreement with what you were saying. You also could tell by the, the, the way that you looked at people. You made contact. It was not contact of, are you watching me? It's, did you understand? Because you're looking for feedback from them. And I saw both. I, I saw all three of those things uh, with you in your presentation.
1: Well, I I, I, I appreciate that. Um, and thank you for it. Well, before I ask that question, I, I, didn't <laughs> that, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that. I knew I had, I, I just thought it was because I was Greek and Mediterranean that I had some like big hand gestures. And I've I've always been told that I had some big hand gestures, uh, but I've never, I don't remember my hands. I have to pay attention next time when I present when my hands go a little bit higher over over my chest and and, and over my head. That was interesting. So, so was there anything that you saw that you went, um, you need to improve on that? Uh, we can do that offline. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you an opportunity to, to have some. Fun I know, with, I know. But I'm not going to shoot the messenger, <laughs> you
0: know, really.
1: <laughs> so you you started down this path, and, and like you said, you've developed the, the, this this talent, this love for it. And I know, I know you speak at conferences and stuff. You, you've already kind of shared what uh, benefits has come to you from being able to do this. And I assume that you're much more cognizant when you're presenting on how your body language is coming across, as well as you're reading that audiences, because you're looking for feedback from them. And all this is being processed in the back of your mind, and it's almost kind of like second nature to you, correct?
0: Well, yeah. Well, actually, it's there all the time, Peter. You you do it, you just don't know you're doing it. And all all I'm trying to do when I'm talking with people is give them the opportunity to say, hey, this is the way I'm coming across. This is the way I can get my point across. This is the way I can get people to understand what I'm doing. Uh, you were talking about the presentations. I had a, I was invited to speak at Georgia Southern University. They had uh, the 50th anniversary of accounting, and I was the first guest lecturer, and I did the body language presentation. The thing I did not know is that one of the forensic Professors mm-hmm. uh, one of the teacher, one of the professors that taught for physics, had given his class an assignment. They had to evaluate me. what was I doing right? what was I doing wrong? what made me uh, believable, not believable? what did they you know what did they think about it? He sent me forty three evaluations of my presentation. I have never had 43 evaluations on wow. my presentation, uh, and, and it was quite interesting. And his comment was, Colin, if there's somebody that did a really nice job, let me know, and I'll give them extra credit. And if there's somebody that really missed it, let me know, because I want to find out what the deal is. Mm-hmm. And, and there are a couple of people that did just a, 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 an amazing job talking uh, about the way I was talking and the way that I did the presentation. One young lady said, I noticed that he was very relaxed because he was standing around talking with people and he had his hand in his pocket. And, you know, I thought, you know, that's pretty nice observation. I said, but what would have been even better if she had noticed that the other five people I was talking with also had their hand in their pocket and I was mirroring them to be accepted by the group. Which is one of the things that you will learn when you go through the body language. But she did pick it up that I was relaxed, and I was, but I was relaxed because I was mirroring the people being accepted by the group.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, it really is. And like I said, like you were saying, the more you get into this, the more interesting it gets. When I first meet somebody, I can normally tell within the first thirty seconds whether they're an introvert or an extrovert. And the question: why, why does that matter? Well, it matters because if they're an introvert, you're going to have to pull things out of them. <laughs> if they're an extrovert, you're going to have to crowd them back down to get them to focus on what you're doing. They haven't said a word, and you already know which way you're going. Yeah. And and it's easier to manage a meeting if you know what you're doing and how you're doing it when you walk in
1: the room. So what what, what signals? do introverts project body language? Theater? Okay,
0: well, here, here's the, the neat thing. And again, this is general r- rules because there's something that's all, also called an ambivert that you can be both, uh, like ambidextrous. I uh, tell people to hold their hands straight out in front of them, palms up, and you look straight ahead. And then look down to the left and look down to the right at your hands. Without moving your head, just cut your eyes. One way will feel comfortable, one way will not. If you look to your left hand, that's comfortable, you're an extrovert. If you look to your right, and it's more comfortable, you're an introvert. And so when you shake hands with people and they look down that first time, you're going to be able to tell whether they are an introvert or an extrovert. They haven't said a word.
1: Okay, so I shake hands with my right hand. But I, wh- who, what am I no, looking just
0: No, just, <clears throat> no, just uh, hold your hand straight out in front of <laughs> you, palms <laughs> up. Right. right. When you're looking straight ahead and you look to the left, you look to the right, right. one way will feel comfortable.
1: Yeah, the left.
0: One way is not as comfortable.
1: To me, it's the left.
0: And if, all right, the left is an extrovert. You're an extrovert.
2: hmm
0: Which I already knew that, but <laughs> you're an extrovert. But, and the, the reason I'm saying that you're an ambivert, I have some people that are very shy on a social level. But you put them in a business situation, and they can be an extrovert, so it depends on what where they are, what they're doing, and what's going on, whether they are an introvert or an extrovert uh, I was telling you about the the guy that i was uh that I met, a potential client uh well, that brings up another thing and and I don't know if your audience knows that you're a flasher or not um,
1: <laughs> I beg do your they pardon. know you're a flasher <laughs> I beg your yeah. pardon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can, can, can you get help, Pete? I mean, you know, you know, you are a flasher. Can you get help?
1: Apparently I, uh, I need to. <laughs> and you, you, you may need to. Uh, so t- I, uh, how, am um, I, how am I a, how am I, I'm a flasher?
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm talking about an eyebrow flash. And when it's a friendly call, when you walk up to somebody and you say hi, you flash your eyebrows. And if it's a friendly call on their part, they will flash back. If you're mad, you don't flash. If you're uncomfortable, you don't flash. So, that potential new client that I was talking to you about, and I said I knew almost immediately it's going to be a good meeting, he flashed. He flashed, I flashed. It's a good meeting.
1: When you flash your eyebrows, does that mean you're raising them?
0: Yeah, you raise okay. your eyebrows. Okay. So, so I- the top of your head, uh, your forehead, furrows.
1: Okay. So that's a flash.
0: You flash. Now, here's the thing. You got to flash at the right time. You need to flash within six to ten feet. If you do it as you approach somebody, if you do it too soon, they miss it. And they don't know it's a friendly call. Mm. If you do it too late, when you're standing right in front of them and you flash, they say, wait a minute, did I spill something on my shirt? My pants unzip. What's going on? Something's something's happening. Because that's when you get that type of flash. If it's between that six to ten feet, it's a friendly call, and you're accepted. And you need to flash back unless it's not a friendly call. I tell people, have you ever gone into a store to return something that you don't like, and you can't find anybody to help you? You know why? You're not flashing. They go to the back and check on inventory. They don't let somebody else handle you. Real. So if you want help, you flash first. Then they come out start talking to you, and then you return your, your merchandise and you're okay.
1: Oh, my God. That's, hi, my name is Pete, and I'm a flasher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. My mama doesn't know I'm a flasher, but I am. <laughs> but I am. Oh, my God. I'm going to keep that on the, I'm going to be very cognizant of that.
0: Oh, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. I, I went in front of a group. And, you know, the people were really, really, really nice. It was that high-energy meeting. And I walked in and I said, I was told this place was full of flashers. (laughs) And I wasn't sure I wanted to come in. And everybody there started looking around. (laughs) But it's the eyebrow flash. So, you know, again, it's just something you need to be aware of. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, that is, that's, that's great. I, I am, I remember, I don't know if, if, if it was you or I read it in a book or somebody told me, they said, if you're at a, a social event and you're, you're talking to somebody across from you, just glance all briefly at their feet because the feet will tell you if they're engaged or not. Yep. If their feet are pointing directly to you, that means they're engaged. If their feet are pointing either to the left or to the right, you got to cut them loose because they want to run. They've got somewhere yeah, to be. Yeah, they're about
0: to run. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, I, that, that is, uh, if you're joining a group, you can tell whether you are invited into that group. Let's say there's two people talking, you walk up to them. If they rotate the, the torso of their body and they say, hi, how are you, they're making small talk. You're not part of this conversation. On the other hand, if they want you to be part of it, they will step towards you, and open up, and you will have a triangle. Mm-hmm. And it's not saying that they don't like you, they don't love you. You're just not part of that conversation. So you need to go and come back later or find somebody else that likes you. I, I have people walk by my office, and they will say, Hey, Colin, we need to talk about such and such. I look at their feet. <laughs> if their feet's going on down the hall, they're just telling me we need to talk about something, but they don't want to do it right now. If they're standing in my doorway with their feet facing me, they're saying, hey, we need to talk about this now.
1: And, and people don't realize they're doing it. No, they don't. And actually, the, the, when it, when I, I was actually a, a, a colleague, I was talking to her, and I you know looked down and saw her feet, and I said, I know you need to go. So while we pick up this conversation a little bit later, she looked at me and said, how did you know? I said, your feet were pointed that way. You weren't pointed at exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you can tell if they're introvert or extrovert. You, you can tell the sincerity through flashing. Uh, and when you go to the department stores or whatever, and you want to turn something, make sure that you're flashing six to ten feet in front of somebody, so they will wait on you versus the other. So I got one for you. I, I assume that you've been in a number of with with a client in the IRS agent. Oh yeah. I, I what do you? I imagine you're sitting there assessing the agent a vast majority of the time, trying to trying to get some clues or something on on what they're about to ask or what their thoughts are or anything that you can describe in that manner?
0: Well, yeah. Well, the whole thing is, are they buying what you're selling? Yeah. Or what you're saying, or are they not? Um, Are are they telling you the truth or not? But there's um, four or five things. I I, I tell people I'm sort of like a mosquito in a nudist colony. I don't know where to start. There's (laughs) there's so many things I can go for at one time. (laughs) (laughs) Give <laughs> you some examples. You don't stand directly in front of a, 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 an unknown male, doesn't stand directly in front of an unknown male. Psychologically, that's wrong. That gets back into the fight, freeze, or flight. Right. Now, they say it doesn't, but it does. I mean, it's been proven, Paul Ekman and his research, several other people. The whole thing is can I beat him? Can I outrun him? Or do I need to freeze and just not be there? None of those are good. So when you're talking to an unknown male, you step to the side, one side or the other. Doesn't matter. And you'll see tension go away. On an unknown female, you don't want to be beside her. You want to be in front of her. Beside an unknown female is a, is an area of trust. You've got to earn that. And it doesn't matter whether it's an unknown female, or an unknown female, or a known male, or an unknown female. If you don't know the female, it's directly across. So if you want to remove some of the tension, if I have a revenue agent, if it's a female revenue agent, I sit across the table from him. Mm-hmm. If it's a male revenue agent, I sit beside him. So I bring him into a conference room and I set him on. The end, and I sit beside it. If it's an unknown female, I set her on one side, I sit on the other. You see tension go away. Wow. It helps in communication. You haven't said a word, and it's there. Now, second part of that is if you want to intimidate or dominate while they are sitting, you stand.
2: Mm-hmm. I can do that.
0: Okay. Uh, what happens if you're in your desk and you're working at your desk or sitting at an office table, wherever conference room table, and somebody that's unknown walks in? What's the first thing you do? You, you stand to... up. Yeah, and then you ask them to sit. Right. But if you're in a situation where you can stand while they're sitting, then you get into an area of intimidation domination. Part of it goes through if you are um, if you're telling the truth. Uh, Paul Eggman had, is quoted quite well in, the, in this, and several other people also went on their research. There's not one thing that says, aha, you're doing that, so you're, so you're lying. What you have to do is benchmark it. And when I say benchmark it, how do they act normally? Is there a change when you get into a specific area? Mm-hmm. One of the things they will talk about is that if you ask somebody a question and they look up and to their left, they're doing memory. They're trying to recall what what you're asking them. If they are making it up, they will look up and to the right, and it's imagination.
1: I've heard that. I've heard that one before. Yep. Yeah.
0: And uh, uh, I did this presentation at Georgia State University to their accounting uh, class. One year, and my daughter, uh, who was working at Georgia State in science at the time, she and her fiancé came to the Class, and so I walked up to another young lady that's in the class. And I said, "It's like when your dad says, where were you until two thirty in the morning last night?' And Then they watch your eyes." Mm. And I went through to left, never looked back at my daughter. I finished my presentation. I'm on the way home and have been in my car five <laughs> minutes. The my phone rings and it's my wife. She said, "I just heard from your daughter." And I said, "Really? <laughs> How's she doing?" I said great. I said the first thing out of her mouth is, "Mom, has Dad been reading?" my body language for the last eight years? (laughs) And my wife said, yes. She said, damn it, I should have read the book. You told me to read the book. (laughs) So there's a lesson there. But again, you have to to benchmark people. Uh, Another thing that I did not know, and I found out why I'm a terrible poker player. (laughs) When you lie, your eyes dilate. You can't help it.
1: When you when you when you lie, your eyes. When you bluff, when you bluff or or, or lie, your eyes dilate.
0: Yeah, your pupils get bigger. And when people are looking at you, they're not really looking at you, trying to stare you down. They're trying to see if there's any of those micro changes, Uh, i.e., your pupils expanding. Yeah. They did a study. They took some really good poker players and played professionals. And the professionals just beat them like a drum, like 87, 89 percent. They put glasses on the really good poker players so they couldn't see the eyes, yeah. and it dropped to like 82 percent, just by taking the eyes out. Another item, if you lie, the vessels in your nose itches, and you rub your nose. Now somebody say, "Well, it's just allergies. Well, you didn't rub your nose before. And we get in this area, and you start rubbing your nose. It's called the Pinocchio <laughs> Syndrome. President, Former President Clinton rubbed his nose 26 times in four minutes on the Monica Lewinsky.
1: Uh, Colin, deposition. Colin, no, I yeah. did Colin, yeah. Colin, no, I did not. I rubbed it right. at least 30 times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was 30. <laughs> well, and, and, and the, the, the question was, how do you know? It was videotaped. They yeah. counted it yeah. 26 times in four minutes. He didn't rub it afterwards. Now, I mean, that's in the book with Barbara and Alan Pease, wrote on the definitive book on body language. But, I mean, that's just interesting, interesting stuff. And it's not what they say. It's, what, it's how they act. The other thing that they talk about is that if somebody's telling a, a fabrication, they will not touch things. They will not physically touch things. If people believe in what they're saying, they'll touch things. The best example was the New York senator that was trying to get the firemen covered after nine eleven. He was in Congress, and he was talking to them about it was the right thing to do. And he started beating on the desk, saying, it's the right thing to do. We need to do it, and we need to do it now. And he was banging that desk. He believed in what he was saying. Just an example.
1: Wow. Uh, so... What about handshakes? I, I've heard this. When you when you shake someone's hand, if you come in high on top, then you're going to want to dominate that conversation. If you're shaking your, your hands, your palms are up, that means you're being subservient, per se.
0: Right. There, there are seven different handshakes. Okay. And every one of I them means something different. The uh, hand on top is the dominant. And it's not saying I'm going to dominate the conversation. It's saying I'm dominating you. Yeah. I am the bigger man.
2: Right.
0: I am the man that's in charge. You're not. And everybody knows people that do that. Yes. And I don't remember which of the 19 books. I have to go back and look hmm. if any of your listeners are interested. There is a book that talks about how you counteract that. And there's one not-so-nice way and one nice way. <laughs> The not-so-nice way is when they come in on top, you come on on top of them and you grab them above their wrist. You're saying, you're not dominating this, I am. Ah. That's not the way to win friends and influence people. Right. That That's just not the way to do it. The way to do it is, and I know people don't admit to watching Dancing with the Stars, but this is a Dancing with the Stars <laughs> move. It's something you have to practice. But you take the hand. You go submissive, which you're correct on mm-hmm. the underneath. Let him do the dominant. But as you take the hand, you step in between his two feet, and with your left foot and with your right foot, you step to the right of him, to your right. And when you it end up, you're going to be even in a even business handshake, and he doesn't know why. But you're not; he's not dominating anymore. <laughs> now it's something you have to practice. Yeah. One of my managers went with me on one of our presentations to one of the schools. She said, let me do the handshakes, let me do the handshakes. I said, okay. So we got to this one on dominant, how to counteract it. She stepped with her right foot, and then she was hooked. There was no place for her to go. I said, "Now what do you do? Well, she just tucked under his arm and did a dance move and said, well, maybe we'll dance.
2: And I said, well, you
0: know, (laughs) that may do it, but I doubt it. But if you practice it, you can do that. Okay, But... Uh, The submissive one, you know, that sounds bad, but it's really not. I use the submissive quite a bit. I have people that come in, and they're getting beat up by the IRS. They don't want me to dominate the situation. Right. We're not into this together. They're the one that's getting beat up on. I'm there to serve them. So I give them a submissive handshake saying, hey, this is a friendly call. I'm on your side. I have a banker friend, and he's a former banker now, he's a consultant, but he was a banker, and he always does the submissive handshake. And I finally got to the point when he comes up and he goes out his hand, I just look at it. And then he'll <laughs> turn it up straight and we'll do a business shake and we we'll go from there. And he says, It's just a bad habit I've gotten into. And I said, No, it's a good habit. You just need to know when to use it. The thumb to thumb, straight-ahead handshake is the is the business handshake. Right. The question that I have on that is how hard do you squeeze and how many times do you go up and down with a, with a handshake? Okay. And I've had some women that have almost taken me to my knees (laughs) saying, I, by gosh, he's going to know that I'm in this for business. And I know that, but I mean, you know, here's my rule of thumb, return the pressure. Mm. So if it's medium, you do medium. If it's firm, you do firm. If it's light, do light. The reason I'm saying that, I have a real good friend of mine that's an attorney. He has arthritis in his hands. He hates to shake hands with people. And if he gets somebody that gives him a a vice grip, he doesn't hear anything anybody says for the next three to five minutes because he's got tears in his eyes and his hands hurting. Right. So you return the handshake. You go up and down about three times and you should be done. You
1: get out. But what if you get the person who likes to go up and down five, six times?
0: Well, then you you know again you relax your hand and they know that they're they got a handle pump handle there (laughs) it's not a uh, it's not part of the deal. The scariest one that you get is um, and this is the limp wrist and and it's what I call I I thoroughly enjoy showing this in in presentations but uh, I call it the dead fish. Yes. What do you do with a dead fish? Because people would really just like to rub the stuff off their, on their shirt sleeve and go away. But right. you can't do that. And my, my recommendation is, if you get a dead fish, you got to live with it. If, you, if you're fast enough, you can say, I'm sorry, let me, I missed that. Grab their hand with the other hand, your left hand, put it in the right place. Mm-hmm. Shake and get out. If you can't do that, if it, you know if it surprises you or you're not able to do it, realize you're going to get a dead fish at the end and be ready for it, and go ahead and react it. And if enough people do it, maybe that individual will start saying, hey, maybe there's a better way to do this. Right. But that's another handshake. A couple of other handshakes real quickly. If it's somebody that you know, you will double-touch them. You'll shake their hand, and you'll either mm-hmm. pop them on the elbow or on the forearm. Yeah. Just how you do it, had not seen you for a while. You don't do that on the first introductory. Meaning, right. they don't know you, you're not a friend. Right. If you really know somebody, you will shake their hands and pop the shoulder. That's when ladies hug. Okay. You don't do those on the first meeting. It sets the wrong tone, the wrong, wrong direction for the meeting. Right. It's just something that you need to, need to be aware of. But you can help establish the meeting. Is it going to be combative? Is, 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 are, you, are you into this together? Are you there to serve? Are you there to dominate? What do you do? And it all it starts with the handshake. Right after you've seen, been flashed and see which way they break their eyes. Now, one other thing that you, if you want to throw somebody off, uh, and this this is sort of fun to do, and some people do it not on purpose, and some people do it on purpose, it doesn't matter whether you're talking or they're talking. In the middle of one of the sentences, cut your eyes to the left or to the right, horizontally.
2: Okay. If
0: you, if you cut your eyes to the left or to the right, it will take them out of their thought process. It will take them out of the conversation. They'll say, what's wrong? What's gaining on me? Mm-hmm. And they will turn and look to see what's coming. And all you did was cut your eyes. Huh. And it completely throws them off balance.
1: Wow. That one I never knew about. Well, try it.
0: Try it tonight. Tomorrow doesn't matter. Just whatever it is. uh, And it doesn't matter who's talking. All you got to do is cut your eyes. I I, I did a PowerPoint for my presentation, and I had uh, one of my administrative uh, people working with me. So I went out to make sure she could read my writing. I said, Jody, are you having any trouble with this? She said, well, I was going to ask you one thing. She cut her eyes. I said, what's wrong? She said, did it work? I said, did what work? She was on that slide. She said, I just want to see if it really worked. (laughs) <laughs> I said, yeah, it really worked.
1: <laughs> so I, I will say that um, I have a 17 year old son, and I have forgotten some of this stuff. <laughs> I'm going to keep a close look. I'm keep a close eye on his eyes going forward. <laughs> yep,
0: yep. Well, again, you got to bookmark him. You got right. to benchmark uh, it to make sure you're doing it right. The other thing I, on, on teenagers is the smile. If you smile at the right time at the right place. It makes sense, and people, it will encourage and, and, uh, and um, help the, pre- the, the, the meeting. If you smile at the wrong time, it sends the wrong message. Right. If somebody's there telling you about a serious issue they have, and you're smiling, that doesn't go over real well. And the best example is, you were saying the teenage, you're sitting down with a teenage son, and you're trying to explain to him something he should have done differently. And all of a sudden, he breaks out in that little smile. Yeah. Well, what you'd really like to do is take a two-by-four <laughs> and just pop him upside the head. And when he woke up, the would be gone. He'd listen to you, and you could go from there. <laughs> well, I was doing this presentation, and I did the uh, as if I was hitting somebody off of a chair. I had a young man come up afterwards. He said, uh, Mr. Blaylock, um, you're a coffer, aren't you? I said, yeah, how did you know? He said, well, you know, when you were talking about knocking the teenage... Um, boy off the chair. I said, yeah. He said, you rolled your wrists just like you do when you try to. (laughs) Uh, I said, you know what? If you keep this up, you're going to be really good at that. (laughs) Because I didn't realize I was doing that. And that was my body language.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. So yeah, it's everywhere.
0: It's everywhere.
1: It's just being aware that it's everywhere. I mean, so when, when, when you're doing a presentation, and, and when I talk to, when I talk about public speaking stuff, and, and there's always somebody doing this, in, in every class I've ever been, there's always someone sitting there in the chair with their arms crossed across their chest. Yeah. Now I, I I tell them that's one of three things the body's telling me. One, I'm not buying the baloney that he's selling. Two, this is a comfortable way to sit. Or three, it's just freaking cold in this room it's usually one of the three I tell, I don't really want to know, but if I see the whole audience in a defensive position, I've said something, I've done something and I got to, and I got to fix it.
0: Either that, or you can see your breath in the room and it really is cold. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Again, that's when you get back to the benchmarking. I've had um, people uh, that I was talking with about other things and I could tell they were defensive. They said, no, I'm just, I'm just cold. That's when, you know, you, We've been here for an hour, and you haven't been cold for the last three minutes when we've been talking about this. Because that is uh, a defensive, I don't like what you're saying, I don't agree with what you're saying. Here's the question. How do you get them out of that? How do you get them back into it? It's much. It's hard to do when you've got a group, but if you're on a one-on-one, hand them something. I had a, a client of mine that was on one of the ships in Pearl Harbor in World War II. He sold insurance, and he sold more insurance than anybody I've ever seen in my life. And he would carry a picture of his house in his suit coat pocket. And when somebody would be defensive, he said, have I ever shown you a picture of my house? (laughs) And he would hold it out, and then he'd talk to them about how it's out in the country and how relaxing it was, whatever. Somehow he'd work it back into the conversation. But when they uncrossed their arms to look at that, to take that picture, they're fair game again and he sold them. Wow. So you you hand them something. You hand them The these? other thing is cross legs. When they cross their ankles, they're uncomfortable. Oh really? If you doubt that, yeah, here's the trick. Here's a here's a challenge. Next time you go to the dentist, see how long it is before you cross your ankles.
1: Within minutes of sitting in the chair.
0: Absolutely. As soon as they pull out the sharp instrument, oh, yeah. my ankles cross. Yeah. And it's a defensive position. I was in a I was in a meeting. We were talking about a very touchy item, and we got to something that was really crucial to the person we were talking to. And all of a sudden, I saw him cross his ankles. I said, "He's no longer open to the discussion. He's Mm -hmm. very defensive." And we had to figure out a way around it. One other thing, while I'm on defensive, the book on the secret language of leaders: when you're working with a group, watch the lips of the people in the group. If they start pressing their lips together, compressing their lips, that's anxiety. They're uncomfortable with what's being said. If the corners of the mouth go down, they're even more upset. If they start having a pursed lips, like they're going to kiss somebody, like they're kissing the air, it's time to stop the meeting because they want to say something so bad, and they know it's going to come out so wrong, they're doing their best not to say anything. So that's when you say, okay, guys, let's take a five-minute break, check your emails, let's get something to drink, whatever it is. And then you go and you talk to that one individual, and you try to understand what area they're talking about, where they are. I, When I was the, the chair and president of the Georgia Society of CPAs, we had some really tough issues we addressed, and I had that happen to me twice. Took the break, talked to the people, just not saying what's wrong, just mm-hmm. handling them out. Mm-hmm. And then I went back in, and, and I knew what the topic was, but I didn't pick that individual. I picked a, another individual, one of the people that either had some concern about it or had was, was really in favor of it. And i say, let's talk about that a little bit more. What do you think about, and i just get it started. And within about 20 seconds, that individual that had the problem started talking. And we got it all ironed out. That rather than the people walking away feeling like they were not part of the discussion, that they were not heard, that they had concerns that wasn't addressed, they got addressed. And it was all from watching the lips. Wow! Scary.
1: It's scary. Yes. It's scary. Cool. It really is. And. I'm. I'm gonna go back. I I do have that the book, the secret language of success. I, I looked it up on Amazon. And it says you've already purchased this book back in 2011. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I'm. I'm gonna go back. Made an impression on you is what you're telling me. Thanks. The, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you need to read it.
1: I, I need to reread it. I bought it. And I, I remember when I saw the cover. Oh yeah, I remember reading it. it back in 2011. So obviously it's, it's been a while. I need to go back and reread it as well as if, if I could ask this. You said there's 19 books. It's if instead of you know listing them here, could you send me an email with it and I'll make sure that we put that list in the show notes? That if anybody wants to go and, and look for them, they can go to my website and to this episode and be able to pick those out.
0: Yeah, what I have done, there's about seven of them that I like.
1: Okay,
0: I don't, I didn't, the other ones said the same thing. I like the way the other people said it. Okay, but you know, those four or five that I was talking about immediately are uh, earlier. What I can do is I've got those five or six with a little synopsis of this is what this book's about. Oh, okay. And, you know, if this, if this interests you, you may want to look at this. Uh, the, the neat thing about that, uh, The Secret Language of Success, is the 31 rules, because they basically cover everything we've been talking about. And I give people a, a cheat sheet. I can send you that, too.
2: That would be great.
0: And if you print it on front and back, it'll go on one page. And I tell people, read that every day before you go to work for 30 days or school or wherever you go. For the next 30 days, when you get up, read that and see how many of those you see. And it will absolutely blow you away.
1: Well, I'm gonna take you up on that because I am gonna do that. I, I obviously I'm I'm fascinated by by this discussion. I'm fascinated by about body language and, and what we were saying nonverbally and, and that's the that's what people pick up on and, and the ability to do what you have done is to understand that and turn that into a tool in dealing with dealing with people, dealing with audiences, dealing with situations, having to come out and work for 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 the benefit of you, your organization, and, and what you do, I I just find it extremely. I, I'm I'm like I'm I'm overwhelmed.
0: Well, thank you. I you know I have uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think I've really helped people with it. I want to say one more. I don't know how much more time we have, but the thing I was talking about earlier with my hand in my pocket and mirroring people. Right, right. Uh, I I call it copying people for fun and profit. One, it's fun. Two, it's profitable. And the fun, I love it when the holidays come and somebody has an open house. I will go stand at wherever the food table is, and I'll lean on the table and nibble on something. And within about four or five minutes, I'll have two or three other people leaning on the table talking to me. And I'll turn and walk off. I can't believe it works like that, but it works like that. If you're talking to a small group, guys, take either hand and put it in your pocket. and Within about a minute or less, somebody else is going to have their hand in the pocket. And then somebody else have their hand in the pocket. And you'll have two or three people with their hands in the pocket. Ladies normally either stand with their arms crossed because it's comfortable for them. And they'll either put the right foot forward or the left foot forward. Whichever foot you put forward, the other people will put forward. Now, that's the fun part for profit. (laughs) You go into a meeting. And an individual sitting there, he leans forward to say something. You lean forward to hear it. He leans back. You lean back. He puts one hand on the table. You put one hand on the table. When they leave the meeting, they say, you know, I don't know what it is, but, but Colin really did understand what I was doing. Well, now I was copying you so you would accept me. But there's, there's more to it than that. If you think it's important enough that you're going to lean in and tell me something, I'm going to lean in to make sure I hear it
2: hmm
0: does that make sense? Yeah. Now, if I'm leaning in and you lean back and I still stay there leaning in, that's going to make the guy, the person uncomfortable because why are you leaning in? So if he's relaxing, you relax. It makes common sense. People do it. They don't understand it. But if you do it for business, it helps the communication. I was dealing with, a, with an IRS agent, and she had an excellent point. And she leaned in to make her point. I leaned in to hear it. Hmm. We started talking about it, and I started explaining why I was doing what I was doing. She leaned back. There was no reason for me to stay, leaned in, mm-hmm. trying to convince her. She was convinced. When she sold, stopped selling. I leaned back. Interesting. I mean, it, it is it, it's amazing. Uh, but it's people.
1: It's, and that's the business that we're in. We're in the people business.
0: Oh, absolutely! And you gotta have credibility. If you don't have credibility, it doesn't matter. Right. Doesn't matter how smart you are. If you can't communicate it, it
1: doesn't matter. Exactly. It, it, it's like you communicate in a manner that somebody can understand, both verbally and non-verbally. That, congru- that congruency.
0: Exactly. Well, and if it's, if the non-verbal doesn't follow the verbal, they don't buy it.
1: Right. I, you know what? You and I could carry this conversation on probably for about an hour and a half, or two hours, and I just I'd be sitting here, being in school the whole time, which I do thoroughly enjoy this topic, but I do want to be conscious of your time, and, um, and and can't begin to thank you spending this time with me and, and my audience because I man when people listen to this they're gonna be, they're gonna have so many takeaways. Can I do one more? Of course you can. Okay. I, and like I said, it, it's your it's your time. I just want no, to make no, sure that I... No, I... I know,
0: but I, this is one of those things, that's, you know, it, it, again, trying to tell everything you, do, you won't cover in a short period of time. You need to put your best face forward. Do you know you have a good side and a bad side? Or some of us, like you and I, have a bad side and a worse side? <laughs> What's your good side? How do you know what your good side is to put it forward? You could probably look in some pictures, and you'll see some pictures you really like. And if you look closely, they're all from that same side. Hmm. It is the greatest distance from the corner of your eye to the corner of your mouth. Nobody's face is symmetrical. If you ran a line through the corners of your eyes and the corners of your mouth, they would not be parallel. One side would get bigger, one side would get smaller. The side that gets bigger is your best side. How do you measure that? I found dental floss is the best way to measure it. Oh, really? Unused dental floss. <laughs> but before you use the dental floss tonight, put it in the corner of your eye, take it to the corner of your mouth, and see which one's the highest, that is the longest. That's your best side. You want to put people on your best side. So if you're sitting down with an unknown male, don't put him on your bad side. Put him on your good side. If you're standing with a group, you want the majority of the group on your good side. If you're in a situation where you you can decide or determine where you stand, stand on your on your good side. Uh when John Travolta first went to Hollywood, he would only allow the camera to take his picture, his profile from one side. It was his good side. Hmm. Now quite honestly, right now I don't think John Travolta has a good side. <laughs> he's got so much money
1: he doesn't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but
0: but if you but if you know what your good side is play to your strength the last one and when somebody smiles at you is it a for real smile or a fake smile how do you know crow's feet there's a way to tell there is a um, uh, a muscle that flexes underneath your eyes when it's a real smile and if that muscle isn't there it's a fake smile it's a smile for the camera so if somebody's smiling and they're telling you they enjoy what you're saying and they agree with what you're saying and it's a fake smile you just need to know it.
1: The muscle under your eye.
0: Yeah, there's right, uh, right below your eye. The easiest way to do it is go to the mirror and smile like you're going to smile for for a camera picture. Mm-hmm. And then think about something that's really neat. Think about some time you really liked with your with your son, or think about puppies, or think about something, and you will see that muscle. Okay. It is there. And I can talk about.
1: Huh? Uh, muscle up. <laughs> muscle, muscle up. And, and, and I always say, sort of look, you know, well, you can tell a real smile is looking at their if, they, if corner of their eyes that have crow's feet. You know, and they're, they're laughing at versus that, that yeah. fake laugh. You don't see that those wrinkles in the side of one's face near their eye.
0: Yeah, well, and that, well that's true on laughing, but on the smile itself, there is a muscle, the muscle. that mm-hmm. constricts right up under the eye, on, on, under the eye socket on both sides. It's there. Uh, I, I've been absolutely
1: amazed at seeing it. I'm, well, I'm going to I'm going to definitely do the dental floss thing t- uh, today, and I'm going to check for that for that muscle in my eye.
0: All right. When you go home and tell your your spouse you're home, and she says, "I'm glad you're here." Look, see how she's smiling. <laughs> if it's a fake smile. Or <laughs> if it's not
1: exactly. <laughs> so, but do, do, do the muscle in, uh, underneath both eyes does it flex itself per se? Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's just part. It's part of the the muscle group that makes them smile.
1: Okay, I right. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah.
0: There's about seven or eight other things that we can talk about, but we'll have to do that another time. If, if
1: uh... oh, I, I'd love I I'd I'd love to have you back on for 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 another time to talk about body language, like a little recap from this, and then bring in those those new items. Definitely, we'll do that. We're going to do that sooner than later. All
0: right. Well. It,
1: it, it's fun. Uh, like I said, I will send the um, the books and uh, the cheat sheet. It's an interesting, interesting topic. It is. It's 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 it's, it's re it's re um, invigorated me to go back and start studying this again because I know I did after our first meeting. You were talking to me about this, and I've kept some of that stuff in the back of my head, but I've forgotten a lot. And I'm going to go back and start start. Revisiting this information because I, I do find it so fascinating and I probably use it I do use it more when I'm doing a presentation trying to read their body language make sure my body language is in, in sync but I need to use it in other business uh, environments we'll just go with that right yeah right right it, it, it's fun and profitable yeah fun, fun and profitable we could call it Thank you so very much. I, I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your knowledge, and I'll send you some dates. Maybe we can get uh, record something uh, before the holidays and get it out first part of next year. All
0: right, that sounds wonderful.
1: I would like to thank Colin again for sharing his knowledge about the importance of understanding one's body language and giving us those wonderful tips and techniques to work on and think about as we need to all better develop our ability to read those nonverbal signals. Before I close, I'd like to talk about the first five episodes of this podcast that are qualified for CPE self-study credit under the NASBA category of personal development. Those interviews are with Clark Price, the retired CEO of the Ohio Society CPAs, Mike Scortino, the author of Gratitude Marketing, Tom Hood, the CEO of the Maryland Association of CPAs, Ed Mendelwitz, who's a partner with the firm Witham Smith & Brown, and Carl Ulrichs, who's an HR professional with the insurance company Gregory & Appel. These episodes are located on the Business Learning Institute self-study website, and they are mobile-friendly. Now, create an account from your computer and purchase the episode. Once you've done that, you can listen to the episode on your mobile device at any time, like on your daily commute or while you're working out or even at your desk when you're finished take the review and final exam on your mobile device or even on your computer it's that easy while all selected Improvers No Jokes podcasts are available on my website only those purchased through the Business Learning Institute self-study website are eligible for CPE self-study credit You can get the detailed instructions by visiting my website at petermargaritas.com and clicking on the graphic, Listen, Learn, and Earn Improv is No Joke podcast on the homepage. I hope you enjoy this exciting and flexible way of receiving CPE credit. And please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play so you don't miss an episode. Also, I would like to request that you leave a review of this podcast on iTunes. It helps increase the visibility of this podcast to the iTunes audience. November is National Diabetes Month, and I'll be donating 20% of all paperback and audiobook sales from my website to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. You can purchase a personalized signed copy of my book, Improv is No Joke, using improvisation to create positive results in leadership in life for $14.99, and the shipping is free by going to petermargaritas.com and clicking the Available Now icon. In addition, you can download Improv is No Joke* audiobook for $14.99 so you can listen on the go. I'm in the process of writing my next book with the working title of Financial Storytelling, and I'm previewing the content on my social media connect with me on Facebook by searching The Accidental Accountant. On Twitter and Instagram, search P. Margaritas. On LinkedIn, just search my name. However, there are actually two Peter Margaritases in the greater Columbus area, but there's only one who's a CPA. In episode 78, my guest is Jay Suko, who is a professional improviser, and we discuss the role of improv that it plays in today's business world. Remember to use the principles of improvisation to help you better connect and communicate with those in your organization and in your life. And thank you for listening to this episode.